Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. I'm David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. I said my name really slow for some reason. David Butler. Um, and this is Don't Miss This. We're so glad that y'all are here. Okay. First, we're <laughs> going to go... you get real business-like. Well, because we have to go over a schedule thing that's really hard. Should you get your paper that you scratched out all the dates of the year on it? <laughs> no. Just to tell you this one <laughs> fact. All right. This week's video, um, you have several weeks to study it because in the middle of it is General Conference. So... After this video, whenever you're watching it, the next Monday, it's going to be General Conference Week. So enjoy, yeah, watch. Instead of watching a video, you're going to watch Conference. That's your video for that week. Yeah. It's going to be so good. Yeah. We don't um, know what's going to happen, but we can guarantee it's, it's just not as good. much hype this time. You know, <laughs> last time, remember that everyone thought Jesus was coming yes. and then COVID was happening. Maybe yeah. President Nelson will announce a vaccine. He is a doctor. Um <laughs> So okay, I'm just happy the for a nice, calm pleasant weekend conference. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Everybody, get ready for that. And the cinnamon rolls come on. <laughs> um, that, that's really why I love conference most. Because the cinnamon rolls. I love it so much. Remember a couple years ago when I decided, listen, I used to yell at the children and make them run away so I could watch conference, <laughs> and then finally it was just like, all right. Remember like King Benjamin's people? Even if you can't hear, it's fine that we're <laughs> just, just gathered. Yeah, rolls. just have cinnamon rolls. Okay, and... now it's making me think for general the general conference newsletter will put the recipe for cinnamon rolls. Oh mine's so easy. Okay. Are you gonna do it right now? Yeah. Go to Shirley's bakery in Provo <laughs> and get the cream cheese frosting, not the other kind, the glaze. It's not as good. Cream cheese frosting. God made those on the eighth day, is what I want to say. They okay. are so and good. And meanwhile, for everyone who doesn't live anywhere near Provo, my oh. neighbor, Josephine North, has the best cinnamon rolls. They are going to compete with Shirley. Okay, I want, I'm going to eat both. Do you want to have a Josephine Shirley competition? Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, and then, only you can do it. Then, um, everyone can make them. So, you'll look forward for the newsletter next week. Is it next week? I'm so confused what week it is, but at the it's right coming. week, cinnamon rolls are going to come to you. A recipe for cinnamon <laughs> rolls. That's what's going to happen. All right. And then on the fifth, what the if it's Monday, secret? Was it, what if Josephine's recipe is secret? Oh, I thought there was going to be a secret at conference for a second. I was like, well, hopefully Josephine shares is. her recipe. Everybody keep your fingers crossed. All right, Josephine, come on, girl. <laughs> um, then on the fifth, Third Nephi 20 through something will be 26, is it? I can't remember. I think so. Yeah, it's going to come. Okay, okay, so you, you get one week for just general conference videos. Oh, they're going to end cinnamon rolls. Yeah. So good. Okay. Okay, today. Oh, this is a good one. We keep going. This is, this is a such continuation a good one. of. These chapters are so good. We're going to be really sad when Jesus leaves again. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, third Nephi 17 through 19. Um, my friend texted me this today. He was listening to. Um, Bishop Cosset's talk from the last conference, speaking of conference, and this is a line from it. He said, the central message of the Book of Mormon is to restore the true knowledge of the essential role of Jesus Christ in the salvation and exaltation of mankind. And I 
love that it teaches several doctrinal sermons throughout it that are unique to the Book mm-hmm. of Mormon, uh, particularly in overcoming the dilemma of the fall and all. Just it's so good in that sense. Um, but it also does such a great role in explaining the character of Christ. Oh, that's our favorite part, and, for sure. And we and you've seen it with the invisible God, <laughs> all these chapters. I mean, like not there. And now he's the here. God in heaven. Right. The yeah. Jesus in heaven. Yeah. And now um, you've got these chapters, right, where he's among the people. And you really get to learn his, his character. And I love that line from Elder Maxwell. What is it? Um, Without the character of Christ there would have been no atonement. Hmm. That it's because of what he was like that he went to the garden and went to the cross for us. So it's really powerful to connect that to like, our salvation is dependent upon the character of Jesus Christ, someone both willing and able. And And we really get to see what he is like here. And that, as you're reading through, if you just pick one way to study these chapters, that would be like our very first suggestion is... Look for what you learn about who Jesus is. At the heart of Jesus, um, those are the lessons we are going to teach today. And, oh, we could teach for three hours. There's that many good lessons, but don't worry, we're not going to. Um, But it makes me think, I saw my neighbor outside the other day, and he said to me, oh, I just finished watching The Chosen. And I said, oh, you are so happy right now. Um, You've heard us talk about The Chosen, which is a series about Jesus. And um, you get it on, there's an app that you can watch it on. We'll link to it in case you haven't seen it yet. But it just, it tells um, the life of Jesus in little segments. So season one is all done and he had just finished watching it. And I was like, oh, you are so happy right now. Did you tell him welcome? Yes, Anytime someone watches it, I say, welcome to the family. <laughs> yes. Because if you haven't seen it yet, oh. your baptism is invalid. Like it just <laughs> That's is, does it. not true. <laughs> But your life is about to become so much better. And this was your favorite thing you said, because I was like, tell me your favorite part. Like, I just, I want to know your favorite part. And he said, honestly, I finally saw the Jesus you've been trying to teach me about all these years. And I was like, oh. That's the and, best compliment and he, anyone's And his son given. said to him, he went down and told his son, I just saw Emily's Jesus. And I was like, that's so cute. So you can watch The Chosen for that, but everyone, you could just come right here in 17, 18, and 19. And the Jesus that we love to talk about, you just see him so clearly in these chapters right here. And that's who we want to introduce you to um, today. That's a great line. Let's introduce you to our Jesus. Okay. This is the. Oh, should we show the board? Oh, yeah, we love Everybody doing. Everybody, it's so hard for us to remember. Sorry, and thank you for being patient with us. Okay, before we jump into that, this um, the character of Christ that you can just fill out the whole time. The whole time you are reading this and watching this, that's weird. I didn't mean the video. I actually meant like watching what happens. <laughs> like it became a movie all of a sudden. Um, just be filling that out. Um, Let's give them some ideas of like words that they might. Oh, but I was do these, for. and then I want to jump into okay, this because perfect. this is um, not as fun, um, but it's good. It's good. <laughs> it's just not as good as that box. Okay. Um, chapter sixteen, which we'll come back to in just a second. I know that was on last videos, and we didn't really touch it. Um, but <laughs> I was listening to chapter sixteen as I was driving in the car, and I think I restarted it eighteen times <laughs> because I was like, "Hold on, what What's did happening? you say? I don't even know what you're talking about." Like. 
that's a chapter that you can't listen to. You have to like sit down with the book for sure. And then it's awesome that when 17 starts, it's like they have the same reaction. <laughs> that he looks again on the multitude and he's like, okay, I perceive that you're weak and cannot understand all my words. And I was like, oh yeah, I felt so good when I heard that. I was like, me and the Nephites, they were actually there and got distracted. And then he says, um, therefore, go to your homes and two invitations, ponder on the things which I've said, and then ask the Father in my name that you may understand and prepare your minds for the morrow. And I come unto you again. Um, and those are the two invitations. To oh. ponder on the things that he's already said and then prepare your mind for tomorrow for more that I am going to say. Who wants this to be your general conference I seriously thought that right. That's so good. This is <laughs> such I a great week because don't you want to just go back and ponder on everything we just kind of learned and then prepare for yeah, prepare your minds. what's going to come And next. I think it's so neat that like the preparation is um, a prayer. You know, it's like, okay, how do I prepare my mind? And he gives a really simple preparation idea, which is ask the Father in my name that you may understand. Mm. It reminds me of that verse. I think it's come up 95 times in the last couple of weeks. I don't know why, maybe just in my own life, but from Doctrine and Covenants 1, where he just says, the purpose is that you may come to understand. So not that you understand what they say, but like just prepare my mind that I can come to an understanding yeah. of what you're trying to say and how you're trying to lead me and, and guide me in, in my life. So it's fun to think about how are we doing that and then for sure for, for general conference. Um, but even think about that. Here's some ideas based off of even those couple of verses that you might fill in this box of the, of the character of Christ. Um, number one, what about the fact that he perceives that they are weak, that he is a noticing God, that he sees like where we're struggling and, and not understanding and, yeah, and, and he addresses so that. Um, or what about the fact that he says, I'm, and I will come unto you again. I love the thought of him being a God who comes again. You know, he's just like, don't and, worry. And I'm that he to comes come to you. Yeah. You know, that like, we always think we have to go to him, but do you love that? He's like, I'll, I'll come to you again. I'll meet you where you are. Yeah. Um, then this scene that comes, and you're going to keep filling this out. Um, you're going to see compassion. You're going to see him standing in the midst. You're going to see a God who weeps, um, one who blesses, um, one who amazes you. There's that spot that you're going to find in the chapter where the people are like, we couldn't even believe what we were seeing and hearing, you know? And one who loves and then loves again. Watching this scene, how it's just like, you almost feel like, oh my gosh, my cup is overflowing and, and he keeps going, <laughs> you know? And I love that the yes. whole thing is a compassionate detour. This whole chapter, the whole thing, look, he has an appointment. Verse four, it's on his calendar. I go unto the Father <laughs> and I want to wonder what is more important than an appointment with the Father. And it's chapter 17. Like everything that he does here is a, is a detour off of his regular schedule. And I think that makes it all the sweeter. It wasn't even on the plan. Yeah, and you it's know? just so, you love that he's just like, here, let me come. Let me meet you where you are. Bring anyone that needs to be healed and let me heal them. I mean, he just goes through and he's like, let me just sit with you and be in this with you. And they just have this experience that it's not, I mean, it's just, and then bring your kids and, you know, and let's talk about this, that there's just this moment of him being so present with them. 
And I think that's true for all of us. And not checking his watch mm-hmm. or the phone for what time it is. Yeah. You know, um, that line that you said, uh, it be, it starts in verse six where he says, oh, mine. Read the whole thing. It's so good. Six and seven might be my favorite verses of Easy. 17. And he said unto them, behold, my bowels are filled with compassion toward you. What's about to happen is a compassion motivated like event. You and know? you love, remember um, the definition for mercy is especially active compassion. Mm. And I just feel like we are about to watch. If you've ever wondered what the word mercy means, just right here, 3 Nephi 17, 7. It's so good. Then this question. Oh, wait, you have to read 7. Um, but yeah, in 7. The oh, question's good. in 7. Don't worry. We're going to miss my best <laughs> Have you any that are sick among you? And this chapter just works so much better if you were to think like this. Just if you were to imagine that you go to your mailbox tomorrow morning and in the mailbox is a um, letter and it's got really pretty gold writing on it like a wedding invitation and um, addressed to you and you opened it up and in the invitation is a chance for you to come to a a gathering, a meeting with Jesus um, somewhere nearby your house. Um, And in the invitation, it gives a date and a time and a place that you can come. And then it says this question, have you any that are sick among you? Um, Bring them here. And what if you were to bring one person? What if, I know you want to bring the whole world, but what if it says, bring one person with you? You have to read this chapter with that one person in your mind. And not just this chapter, the next three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. True, true, true. But begin here. Who is it? Like, this is so much better when there are names and faces mm. um, that are associated with it. Have you any that are sick among you? Bring them hither. Have you any that are lame or blind or halt or maimed or leprous or that are withered or that are deaf or that or afflicted in any manner? Do you love that? All those are just, he could have stopped with sick. They all fit underneath there. And I love that he's like, no, no no one's excluded. Mm. You can't come up with an excuse or, or someone outside of the reach, um, outside of my reach. And he says, bring them hither and I will heal them. For I have compassion upon you. My bowels or my heart is filled with mercy. As, as you were saying. And then the scene. Um, and it says, uh, when he said this, verse 9, all the multitude with one, with one accord did go forth with their sick and afflicted and their lame and their blind and their dumb with all them that were afflicted in, in any manner. Um, and are you, you going to say the next line? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And you just picture it, and you have to think of your person, you know, that you're bringing. And it says, and he did heal them, every one. And I love that it's not everyone. Oh, me too. I was just about to say that. Yes, it's it just like every one that you, again, you see that one by one that is just the character of Christ. It just is. It's one. It's one person, one personal experience, one moment, one story. How does he do that? Yeah. He's so good at it. If you watch or study in a group, you might want to like 
have a, a chance to have everybody kind of go around or in a family and, and say, I wonder who it is that you would bring and, and why. Before you read the scene and just have them. I did it in a class before and it's just one of the sweetest things that you've ever heard, especially as you hear everybody say like, this is why their reason. And, you know, I would bring so-and-so and this one, I won't ever forget. After a couple of people have just said the sweetest things like, oh, my cousin is just really struggling in her faith. And I feel like if she could actually meet him, she wouldn't be afraid of him anymore. And just moving mm -hmm. from person. And then this one girl said, um, she was like, I would bring my dad. And I said, oh, how come? And she said, um, he just loves Jesus so much that I want to see his facial expression when they meet. Oh, that is so cute. Yeah, it was seriously like oh the sweetest God. thing. <laughs> you know, so cute. It yeah. was so sweet. Um, um, but Tan is so good too. And he says, this is so awesome, Tan. He says, and they did all, both they who had been healed and they who were whole, bowed down at his feet and did worship him. And as many as could come for the multitude did kiss his feet and bathe his feet with, with their tears. And I, I just think that's so sweet that the greatest way to come closer to Christ is to take somebody to him. That's so good. You know? And that thought at the very center of everything Jesus does is to heal. That's just is who he is. One of my favorite things um, to do when I'm studying this chapter is there is a song Hillary Weeks sings, and it is so old. It might be on her very first album. In fact, I hope we can even find it, but please bless everyone that we can because it's such a beautiful song to play with this verse. And if you're going to do that family experience where you um, have each of your kids talk about who they would bring, you're going to want to play the song with that. I'm going to make a little note so I yeah. don't forget. I sing it every time I ask that question. Yes, you can't help right? it. Yes, it just, I, as like, soon as I read this time. verse, that music just starts. Yeah, it really <laughs> does for me too. Like in, my, so in my mind. Um, Okay, then the next really is the kids that come in. Well, you can't help but love this part, especially if, um, I used to love it, okay, you know, like the little children, yeah. and you're like, oh, that would be so fun to have um, Caleb, little my little Caleb meet Jesus, and like, I think he'd like it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, I love Caleb. You wish Caleb came on Don't Miss This, everyone, because he's just at that age where he asks all those questions that you're just like, at the end, you're just like, I need to squeeze you right now. But don't you, I just want to sit down and watch Caleb ask Jesus whatever he wants they to would be the for best like a half hour. You know? Oh, it would be so good. That was Jesus's favorite part of the day, for sure. He's like, please bring me the four and five-year-olds. <laughs> That's my best age. <laughs> but then, like, now... Even though my oldest is 15, which is not like, you know, your stage of life, I still feel like you would call them little children, you know? Yeah. And, and there's something like, now I'm starting to see where for my older kids, my younger ones are still protected, but I'm starting mm. to see how the world That's is so just um, smothering, you know, my kids. And now this part where he's like, now bring your kids to mm. me is, I think it's, um, it's so sweet. It's so, I, I just love that it's both. I love yeah. that like, you know, you have people in your life that you feel like are sick. And then, and then I love that he's just like, okay, you have these like little ministries you're doing and, and your family also like, I just like that everybody, you know, yeah, gets that moment. Um, we have this little box for like a lesson on teaching children that as you read through this section, like pull out your lessons, 
you know, yeah. like on, on what it, what it looks like to teach, um, and minister to kids that you'll see in, in that section right there. Yep. Love that. This part. is my favorite line on that one. I wrote this in the end. I didn't have this until just barely. Don't you love yeah, to invite, invite angels? angels. <laughs> yeah. To be part of it. It's so good. It's really yes. so good. Okay. So 17, you just love. And then I promise you we're going to love 18 and 19 just as much. So um, there is a pattern in 18 and 19 that is so interesting. And um, if I ever get asked to teach on ministering, these are the two chapters I come to, no matter what, every single time. I don't think anywhere in Scripture there is a better sermon on how to minister well to people than these two chapters. And you want to watch how it plays out because it is so powerful watching this lesson play out. Um, one thing that I have learned about Jesus as I have started reading and watching how he teaches is he will often begin with an object lesson and then the sermon will come right on the heels of, of an object lesson or a lesson where the people get to actually experience something before the teaching happens. And that happens here in chapter 18 and sometimes we don't even realize how well these two things marry together but it starts out Jesus commands the disciples that they should bring forth some bread and some wine unto him and he has everybody sit down and the very first thing that is going to happen is everybody takes the sacrament now I just want you to think for a minute what would be the importance of that in a lesson on ministering why would that maybe be where you would start? And I love as you think about the sacrament, the promises that we make in the sacrament and the promise that we receive back, right? We say um, that we will remember our sacramental um, or our baptismal covenant. That's one of the things we do when we take the sacrament, which is to bear burdens, to mourn, to comfort. Um, we promise to keep the commandments. Um, the first great commandment is love God, and then love your neighbor. So keep that in mind. We promise to stand as a witness for Jesus Christ, which means we say in every situation we go into, we are on his errand. We will represent him in that situation. And that you will mourn the way he does yes. with people and comfort the way he does and with people. And bear burdens the way he would with people and we are promised that we will have his spirit to be with us. So if we get into a situation that we don't know how to handle, that's okay because we have a member of the Godhead with us that's going to help us know this is what Jesus would do in this situation. Now, I don't think that is a coincidence leading into a lesson on ministering. I think he knew exactly what he was doing. And I love what it tells us as he's um, teaching them about taking the sacrament, you're gonna do this so that you will always remember me and you will have my spirit to be with you. And then I love in verse nine when it says, and it came to pass that they did so and did drink of it and were filled. And they gave it unto the multitude and they did drink and they were filled. And there's something about that covenant taking place that fills um, so that we can then go out from that moment and do what we need to be doing in his name everywhere we go because we took his name um, in that moment and then we leave from there and everything we do should be in his 
name and, and the way he would do things. Yeah, and, and in association with his holiness and his in his spirit and and in a, and, and in remembrance of like the his sacrifice and his like because that's what we watch, that's we what we commemorate, you know? Yeah. It's just like, oh, all of that was done for me. I feel like that's what you would ask, like, wait, what were they filled with? You know, you could yes. say spirit. You could also say like love. Mm -hmm. I was just filled with love. I was filled with purpose. Yeah. I, was, I was filled with, um, you know, compassion. Yeah. I, I just... And the amazing thing is we get to be filled every week. Mm -hmm. We get that privilege. We get this object lesson every week. And then we get to go out and live it. And he's going to talk about what the living of it looks like. Now, before we jump into this, I, I want to show you one thing that is so interesting. If you were to search the word minister and the word pray, they will show up more times in these two chapters than they do in any other chapter of scripture in all of the standard works, which I think is so interesting. Um, You'll see pray 11 times in chapter 18, and you'll see pray 30 times in chapter 19, and the word minister eight times in chapter 19. So I love right off the bat, that's a word that it's going to be, we're just going to keep hearing it over and over again. And that is part of what makes a good minister is somebody who is a good prayer. It's that connecting with um with the Father and with the Son and allowing the Spirit to be part of that teaching that is taking place there. Um, and especially when like, oh, well, I'll let you get to the list and then I will say something about that prayer, but go ahead. Are you sure you want to say the prayer part right now? Just in case. Oh, well, yeah, because I know part of the, you know, it's going to be praying for them and I just feel like one of my, some of my sweetest times praying and some of the times I feel most connected to God in prayer is when I am praying for another person. Mm, that's so like, true. I, there's just something about it that is just way more poignant. You know, if I ask, um, Lord, how do I, am I doing anything that offends you in my life? I get, <laughs> I get a quick answer. And if I'm praying for like someone, there's just yeah. something about like, you almost feel like you're on a team with, you know, yes. it's like him. Yes. There's just a neat that connection. That is so true. Um, he's going to come out of that sacrament situation and, he, and talk to them about just remember me as you're going through your life. And then he's going to give them two cautions right in a row. And it's this, you need to watch and pray always um, in case you will be led away captive by the devil. And then he tells them again in 18, I say unto you, you must watch and pray always in, in case you enter into temptation for Satan desireth to have you that he may sift you as wheat. And then he's going to talk to them about um, the pattern, I think, of ministering. And he lays it out here, and then he's going to um, teach it again a second time. And this is what he says, starting in verse 22. This is what it looks like to minister. This is what it looks like to take care of the church, but not just the church, the family of God. This is what it would look like. He says this in verse 22, meet together oft, that's number one, meet together oft. And I love when he says this, and this is gonna be a repeating phrase that we see over and over again. And don't forbid anyone from coming unto you when you meet together. Let everybody come. Don't turn anyone away, he tells them. The second thing he says is you shall pray for them. 
Um, that's number two. So meet together off, pray for, pray for everyone who is in that community. And um, the third one is don't cast them out. There should not be any reason why someone would not be welcome um, in that church family. He, he keeps reemphasizing that over and over again. Don't turn anyone away. That those chapel doors should be open for anyone who wants to walk in. I love that one general authority. I can't remember who it is who said my favorite smell in the chapel is um, tobacco. Is yeah, or or smoke. Cigarette, yeah, cigarette yeah. smoke. And the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, you shouldn't say that. And because I imagined someone was smoking in there, and then I realized it it is the someone who is like, change my life. Just let me come to a place where I can be healed and be made whole yeah and even if they're not ready to change just to come and enjoy connection yes. with god as they are and and in his presence you know yeah. it's like even i mean the desire to change is not even a prerequisite yes you know we don't say like well if you're willing yes. to change come it's like don't just yeah come, come. and connect yeah why would you why would you not come yes. and, connect? and why would anyone ever think they weren't welcome in our faith community it breaks my heart to think um, that somebody wouldn't be, and the stories of so many people who we have heard have have tried to come and have been hurt in that situation, and how important it is for us um, to be just like Christ. Bring them, bring anyone um, who's hurting or or wherever they are. Yeah, bring them. That's who He is. Especially if you like, if you don't need to like look at someone through the policies of the church. Yes, like that's a whole other issue. Like. That is something. There's a policy in here about partaking of the sacrament or whatever. And it's like, but you don't have the job of looking at someone through policies. You have the job of looking at them through the heart and eyes of Christ. Like, what if that was your only job? Yeah. What if that was your motive? What if that was your agenda is what would Christ see yeah. in this person? Um, the fourth thing I love in verse 24, therefore hold up your light that it may shine unto the world. And then he's like, that doesn't make sense to you. Let me just tell you what that light is. I am the light which you should hold up. And then I love when he says this, that which ye have seen me do. Um, that's what you should look like. What, whatever you saw me do, that's what you should be doing, which we've just gone through and listed that character of Christ, right? Um, it's someone who can perceive. It's someone who meets people where they are. It's it's all of the, it's that compassion and that mercy and all of those things that are so important. And such a good definition of what it means to like be the light of Christ. Like, right? It's like yeah. hold up the light and you almost want to say like, oh, does that mean like I need to like, you know, hold up, you know, yeah. like preach Policy something or, or, yeah. And it's like, yeah. no, 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 let me define it for you. Just do what you've seen me do. Like light, um, brightens people it warms people mm -hmm. it brings comfort to people and so if what we're doing for someone is not a synonym for light maybe we're doing it wrong yeah you know that's so good um i love when he says this he, he says to them okay everybody watch remember when he was like just do what you have seen me do this is what you see me do he says behold you saw that i prayed to the father you all witnessed that that prayer is going to be so important in this ministering process. Um, you see that I have commanded none of you to go away. Uh, that's not like me. That's not what I would do. Um, and this is going to be number five, but rather I have commanded that you should come unto me. And that would be the fifth one is 
bring people to Christ. That's our job. We hold up the light, which is Christ, and, and our goal is to bring people to him, as many people as we can, um, that they might feel and see. Remember when we talked about that a couple weeks ago, just that having their own personal experience, and that would be the last one, so they can feel and see, and how important um, that is in the process. It's such a great process when you think about it. Meet together, pray for them, don't cast anybody out or turn anyone away. Hold up your light, which is Christ, Bring people to Christ and let them see and feel and have that personal experience for themselves. That is the root of ministering. That's what it is. When you look at how should I minister to the people who I go into their homes every week? Well, it's just right here. Just look at those things and think, okay, how could I do that this week? I love that he is going to go back and hammer in that visitor's welcome. <laughs> um, like if there's any question who gets to come into this faith community, he's like, let me just go back one more time and make sure you know. And in verse 30, he says, um, he's going to talk in 29 about policies. He's going to talk about how the church runs and, and part of what happens there from the eyes of um, those who are administrating the church but that's for the most of us that is not us and he and he lets the leaders know this is what you need to know but then when he talks to the saints he says in verse 30 nevertheless ye shall not cast him out from among you but you shall minister unto him and shall pray for him unto the father in my name um and i love when he talks about um in verse 32 and i just want to sit here for one second nevertheless you shall not cast him out of your synagogues or your places of worship, for unto such shall you continue to minister. Now, he has hammered this in several times in the past 10 verses. Over and over, he keeps saying, this is mm -hmm. your job. It's to bring people in. It's to be inclusive. It's not to cast anyone out. You don't get to choose who gets to walk into this faith community. And then he's going to give us the why. And this and why is I so good. Change that, the signs. Yeah. What did proposal? you want to say again? Guests, welcome. Okay. <laughs> Remember, because like a visitor makes you feel like you're sort of an outsider. Yes. You know. And remember, we talked about this before. Nobody ever casts people out with like a stick at the door, or actually kicks them out. But they can make people feel like you they're don't an belong. outsider, or you don't yeah. belong. And there and is something like, about... I want you to feel like you are welcome. Yes, I saved a seat for you. Yes. And you belong here. And so and am there I, is a place right? for you. Yes. Don't, don't, like, don't you feel like when you go, like yeah. it's like, wait, I have, I'm a welcomed guest yes. here. Yeah. You know, let's um, all be the same. Yes, and I love as you look at um, where he goes here, um, he says, will you be looking up 1 Corinthians 9, 22? Because mm -hmm. I want to go there um, yeah. as we get into this. So he says this, Nevertheless, ye shall not cast him out of your synagogues or your places of worship, for unto such shall you continue to minister. And then this part is so good. For you know not, but what they will return and repent. You don't know. When those people walk in the door, you don't know which ones are going to return and repent and come unto me with full purpose of heart, and I shall heal them, he says, and you shall be the means. Oh, I just love that. I love the thought of we are the means. We are the ones who do this, who, who invite and bring people to Christ because 
He can heal them. That's what he does. And I love that call when he says, um, you, you don't know if they're going to return and repent. You don't get to stand at the door and judge. Yeah, this one should come, but that one, I don't think so. Uh, that's not our job. We don't know who's going to return and repent and come unto him with full purpose of heart. And I just love the thought when he's like, let me just show you our two jobs. I will heal them and you will be the means. And what does it look like to be the means? I just, I want to think for just a minute, what does that actually look like? I love when we read in Jude 1, um, 22, it says this, of some have compassion, making a difference. And sometimes I think to myself, I just want to wear a little name tag at church that just says difference maker. That's, that's who I am. I'm here to be the means. I want to be the difference maker um, in your life. And I'm just going to have compassion because that's what the scriptures told me. If I can have compassion, um, it's going to make a difference for you. And, and as we bring them in to our community, they'll learn um, the commandments. They'll learn the ways of Christ. They'll learn the gospel, but they will learn it better if it comes from a place of compassion and love. You watch Jesus. That's what he did every time. And I love, um, Paul teaches us um, the greatest lesson when we look in 1 Corinthians, because what Jesus did best was to meet people where they were as they were. He didn't put qualifiers on who got to be in relationship with him. There was no qualifiers. Um, he went to everybody and met them in that place where they were and he extended grace to them. And, and every person got to choose for himself whether or not he was gonna receive that gift and be transformed into the image of Christ. Every person gets that chance. And I love when Paul says, let me just show you how I try and meet people where they are. Let me show you how I try and minister like Jesus does. Yeah, he says this, to the weak became I as weak, uh, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things. Wait, you missed some of my favorite parts. Oh, yeah. We have to go. We have to start sooner. Okay, I love this. Is that like to, to the Jew or to the Gentile or something? Okay, yeah. I love this. So he says this. And I'm going to start in 19 because that's where it gets really good. Though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all. So I love this. He's like, I'm going I'm to be a servant to every person that I may gain the more. Who loves that he's going to, he's like, let me just get as many as I can. And then he says this, under the Jews, I became as a Jew that I could gain the Jews. And to them that were under the law, I became as under the law that I may gain them that were under the law. And to them that were without law as without law. But then he was like, but I don't want you to think I broke the law. <laughs> I knew not to become the lawless, but I went to them and I, I tried to understand what it was like to be in, in those shoes that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. And then I love when he says this, I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. And I just love that. Again, we see that be the means, right? And Paul says, I'm just trying by all means to save as many as I can. And if we can do that by love and by compassion and by welcoming in, just like exactly what Jesus said here, your job is to continue to minister. 
That's your job because you don't know what's going to happen here. So you just be the means. That's, that's what we'll do. We just be the means and he will heal them. He will help them walk that covenant path. He knows what to do in that situation. Yeah. And I think sometimes we get tripped up on like, what am I like, how's the best way to approach this, you know, so that they like change or, or yes. whatever. I don't want to do that. And it's just like, you don't have to worry about any of those things. Yeah. You know, like you, you don't have to worry about if they make a change in their life. Yes. Like you that's just his have job. to like minister only like nobody. I keep thinking of that forgiveness flower from yes. last week where it's yeah. like, just bring the whole back. You know, yeah. like you don't even have to, that's it. Yes. No, no one is ever faulted for loving too much. Yep. And I love when he, um, when he says this, because I think sometimes we're like, I don't know how to fix this problem. I don't know how to solve this situation. I don't know. We look at the people and it, and sometimes it seems like their obstacles to really being able to enter in are bigger than what we know how to handle. And I love what he reminds us in verse 76. Our job is not to be the savior. That's, section 76. Yeah, section yeah. 76. Our job is not to be the savior. That's his job. And um, Doctrine and Covenant 76, it says this, Hear, O ye heavens, and give ear, O earth, and rejoice, ye inhabitants thereof. For the Lord is God, and beside him there is no savior. And then he's like, here, let me just, Make sure you know you can trust what I'm about to do. Great is his wisdom, marvelous are his ways, and the extent of his doings none can find out. His purposes fell not, neither are there any who can stay his hand. I just think, going back to that, who would you bring that we talked about? Um, and thinking about those people who walk in the church doors that you're like, I don't, I don't know how that's going to work mm -hmm. out. I don't know how they're going to overcome. I don't know how they'll get past that. But I love that he's like, great is his wisdom and marvelous are his ways and the extent of his doing none can find out. And there's no one who can stay his hand. That when he is intent on saving, then he's going to do his work. That's his best work. That's his mission. That's what he came here to do. And just to think about... Um, Letting him do his job and our job is to love well. It's to minister. And if we look at these chapters, it's to pray. And um, as you go through 19, we won't talk about all of that here, but you're going to want to be watching for that pray all the way through there, what you learn about the power of those prayers. Um, I love that they talk about praying without ceasing, um, that, that that just becomes the pattern of that relationship with them. Um, you love, you're going to want to do countenance or character of Christ through here too, because you love when it talks about his countenance did smile upon them. Um, he did smile upon them again. Um, you just love how kind Jesus is in these chapters, especially in that particular context. You know, it's like mm -hmm. what this person needs is an overabundance of, of kindness and and generosity and, and welcoming in and you know what i just think to myself what happens if you love someone really well for years and years and years and you never see a change happen in their life i just want to say that that love was not a waste that's it's so true never ever a waste you know to love somebody yep i think one of the greatest compliments i ever received was many many years ago a woman who i had been working with for years 
to come back into the church and and um, she never did come back but um, for years that was um, the journey of our life while we lived by each other and, and we were close enough to each other to be in that every single day and one night I said to her I think the only way you're ever going to get past what you were struggling with and the demons that chase you is to turn to Jesus and I said to her do you know who Jesus is? And um, she shook her head and she said, no, I don't. And then she said this, but sometimes I think I see him in you. Hmm. And um, sometimes that might be all the good we can do in this life. That might be all the good we can do for someone, but I think and I believe that's enough. Um, if, if we can help them see him through us, then I think we're living right. And I love that you started that story by saying, I was trying to help her come back to the church and she didn't come back to the church, but she sure came closer to him. Yeah. And, and that was, uh, and you know what's so fun about these chapters is, okay, look at the order real quick. Chapter 16, that no one understands. <laughs> it's all about the gathering of Israel and everyone's like, I don't know what that word means. That's a really big phrase. And it seems like the scope of it's so big. And it's the one that, remember, when everyone, he looked around and he perceived they were weak and no one could understand what was happening. That's 16. Yeah, that's 16. And then in 17, he does this. Hey, look, how about you bring me? Do you have anyone who's sick or afflicted in any manner? Um, bring them to me. And they do, and they have that moment. And then in 18... They have the sacrament together, and he and he teaches all about this. How about like, ministering? Yeah, what it what it looks loving. like. And then at the end of eighteen, he says, "Okay, everyone, go home." And no one goes home. They spend the entire night. The beginning of nineteen says going and finding people to bring, and I and they double it. They times twelve it. It's so big they have to divide it up. And I just imagine Jesus coming in nineteen. Mm -hmm. uh, when he gets there and seeing that big group and just saying like, "Oh, oh, they got 16. you got it." You figured out what it means. Yep. Uh, so good. Okay. So good. Oh, Have a great conference. A and uh, we'll see you that after that week with more of Jesus' ministry among the Nephites. Adios. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.